mind of its own tonight. Crazy, but here we are. Amen? Alright. So, first session. You remember what it was? The good news. From there, we went right into knowing our new identity in Christ. Tonight, we're opening up to talk about living by faith. But before we do that, let's go to page 17. And actually, no, let's go to page 14. I encourage you all, um, we had a couple weeks to do this, but to pick three from the list here in Christ um, to kind of meditate on, to um, memorize, kind of to focus on what application you can take away from them. You could have done more than three, but um, how about the three? Hopefully you've done them. If not, take a quick look at this list and pick three tonight. And maybe over the next week or so, kind of meditate on them. So, um, Gilda, let's start with you. Oh, I didn't even know if I was ready. Oh. <laughs> I was ready. I have my ready. I was all prepared for last week, so I'm ready. <laughs> but okay, we'll go with Gilda. Well, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying my hand was up. <laughs> go first. Um, hold on, now I have my three words. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am chosen and dearly loved by God. I am united with the Lord and one spirit with Him. Okay. Any thoughts or application you take from those three? Encouragement? Well, um, I think it's, um, a good reminder to remember that God sees me through Christ, and Just a, um, that he chooses us, that he chose me, that he loves me, that I am one with the Spirit in him. But for me, those are just really good reminders because sometimes you don't necessarily feel it, and you have to remind yourself. How about you, Ari? Three? Um, I'm good. I am the light of the world. Um, I am Christ's friend. Um, I am the new creation. Alright, and so what does those three say to you, and how do they encourage you? 
Good. Alright, Miss Carrie, you're up. Okay. Um, I had three, but then I had to add a fourth because unbeknownst to me, I have had this fourth one posted on my desk for over a year. So I just felt like I had to be added. So the one that I added because it's posted on my desk, which just happened to be when I was going through this list, I was like, oh wait, well I have to add that one, even though I had not chosen it on my original go-through, um, I added it because it's on a post-it note on my desk. And the one that's um, posted on my desk is 2 Corinthians um, 5.17 that says, I am a new creation. And I have to leave that there for obvious reasons um, to remind myself that the old Carrie is dead and that the new Carrie is living. And I pretty much should probably have that tattooed on my forehead so that when I look in backwards, so that when I look in the mirror, I can read that. <laughs> but, um, so, but the three that I picked, um, and I'm going to give you my lot, the second one last, because that one I like had to go way further and did like actually a whole Bible study on just that one. Um, but is that I am united with the Lord and one spirit um, with him. And the, the reason that, I've been holding on to that one is because of the word one, like I am one spirit with him because that stuck out to me because when I, I feel like my flesh has been doing nothing my entire life other than trying to separate itself from God. So when I can read this scripture that exhorts me to remember that I am one spirit with him, then of course I'm going to cling to that because my flesh wants nothing more, and the enemy wants nothing more than me to be separated from him. So that whole concept that I am one spirit with him, like something that is one, can't be separated, and I actually have a hard time mentally grasping that there is to be no separation between me and God. And so that's, that's why I hold on to that one. Um, and then the other one, this, the third one that I chose, um, which I'm going to give to you second, um, is first Peter five, eight, and it might be some kind of, um, seem a little bit simplistic and like, why do you need to remind yourself of that? Um, but it kind of goes along the same lines of what I was just saying. And maybe if you visited my, <laughs> my thoughts, um, you would understand why. But that I'm an enemy of the devil. And that um, I need to recognize that the things that the devil supports and the things that are evil and the things that pull me away from God, I'm to have no part of. And I'm not to align myself with. And so I am an enemy with the devil in stark contrast to wanting to be, um, seeing myself as separate from God, I need to re recognize that I'm an enemy with the devil. So I think that's why, an enemy of the devil, so I think that's why that one stuck out to me. But this is my favorite one. Um, and this is 1 Peter 2, 5, and it's up at the top, second one on the second page at the top. 
and it says, and I don't, it's fine how they wrote it, but it's not good enough. <laughs> like, you have to, like, really, like, I had to go back, I read this verse, and, like, uh, every translation I could get my hands on, because I promise you, read it in all the translations, they're all different, and they all spoke to me in, like, so many different ways. Like, I was, when I tell you I was weeping over this, like, I promise you, like, God just broke me, and a hundred pieces, like, the Holy Spirit was just dealing with me, um, about this verse. So, I'll read it how they wrote it, you know, it's good enough, but it says, I, I am one of God's living stones, and I am being <clears throat> built up as a spirit house. Well, that's what made me, the word spirit house, I was like, well, isn't that interesting, spirit house? And so that's what drew me to it, and, and, and that I am a spirit house. I was like, well, that sounds, I want to be a spirit house, I like that, like, I just, I was like, that's fun. And so, anyway, I wrote down on my sticky note here. Um, the one version that I read that I liked, I like them all, but you need to write, you need to put a circle around that and just go and read that on your own time. But I'll read you this whole version because I'm telling you, they didn't, whatever. It's not the whole thing. You're missing so much. It says, um, I don't even remember. I didn't even write down which version this was, so I don't remember, but it says, um, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. But I like spirit house, but I, you know, whatever. I like the rest of this. Um, what's more, you are his holy priest. And then this really explained a lot. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Like, how do you please God? You meditate on Christ. You please God by focusing on Christ. That's how you please God. But you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And what's more, you are his holy priest. So up here I wrote that um, next to spirit house, I put spiritual sacrifices and holy priests. Like, that, that I am that. Like, um, that I need to see myself as that. Um, because one of the things that I have... It's been, a, been an interesting few whatever, however long you want to call it, weeks, months, whatever. Um, and God has been really dealing with me on some things, and he's showing me that I really, um, you know, and y'all will be like, oh, well, we knew all of this. I don't want to hear that right now. What what you just did, just, you know, be like, oh, I'm so glad you're finally getting it here. You can just leave it at that. But um, just be like, happy for me. Um... But he's showing me that I really do not have a very positive view of myself or a self-image. And I cannot cry tonight. I swear as I live and breathe, my head is pounding. And one tear, I promise you, will just send me to the emergency room. My head is killing me. So I refuse. So We have 911. No, my head is killing me. So I can't do it. So, so that's as far as we're going to go with that. So, um, but to be able to see myself, like, I think that's why this, um, verse broke me was because I was, I was starting to be able to almost see myself as God sees me, like as a, as a spirit house and as a holy priest and as, um, you know, a living sacrifice. And so I would really, I would encourage you to read these, this verse in particular 
and all the different translations because it's really it is a beautiful verse and so I know you didn't ask about it but down under here I wasn't here when y'all went over this but um, the full gospel um, right at the bottom underneath all of these number two um, it really reflects why I chose the other three so I can't talk about this or four without saying like I circled that one where it says you don't know how bad I've been it doesn't change who you are in Christ. Like, that was something going through this. I mean, I, I went through this on my own, listening mm -hmm. to that Friday night. And I'm telling you, I was just, it was a mess. I, I, was, I listened to it at work because I haven't had a lot to do at work lately. So I had nothing but time on my hands. I did that and I painted my nails. And I, because I, I, I work too fast and they, they can't, they can't keep me busy right now. And so I was, I was literally weeping at my desk. And um, when I realized that I, I chose all of those because um, I am subconsciously constantly saying to God, but you don't know how bad I've been, but you don't know how bad I've been, whether it was 20 years ago or last week, you don't know how bad I've been. And so to, to be able to like, hold on to the, it doesn't change who you are in Christ. Like, that's what was breaking me, you know? And so as I've been going back to these and holding on to these and my little sticky notes, that's why I have sticky notes because I, I wrote this one at work. Um, so anyway, that, it really was, it was powerful for me. So. Norma? <laughs> um, I said that um, I am a slave of righteousness. I am God's temple. And I'm a citizen of heaven. Mm. And how have those three spoken to you over the past week or two? <laughs> my eye focus that this, no matter what is going on in my, in my life, I have to keep my eye focused that this is no, this is not my, this is not my home. And I belong to Jesus. I belong to, to, to heaven. Mm. And because of that, um, I should live according to, to his will, which is righteousness. Mm. No matter what's going on, so I should represent him because I'm his citizen. So, yeah. Ephesians 4.24, I am righteous and holy. 1 Peter 2.11, I am an alien and a stranger to this world in which I temporarily live. And then 1 John 5, 18, I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Mm -hmm. Those are my three. With everything that tries to scream at us and tries to define us, um, all of these, we are to mature into being our first nature. The world, the enemy, the flesh is always going to scream at you who you were, who you could be apart from Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, even now, come this way, live this way. Mm -hmm. um, but as a believer, remember, we've got the good news. we received it. We've been born again. We're of a new nature. This is your new identity. These scriptures, these truths, shouldn't be your second nature. And if they're still our second nature, we don't need to beat ourselves up. But you realize, wait a minute, there's so much more for me to grow into, to mature into, to get my foundation really 
solidified solid underneath my feet. Or even the beautiful picture of allowing our roots to grow down deep. You know, we're secure in Christ. This is who you are now. And these are the reminders that you should be meditating on day in and day out. And saying them out loud. I'm encouraging you all to say them out loud and say them in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, make them prayers. I think last time we were together, we, we I encourage you all to start personalizing these and making them prayers. You know, do as Carrie did and as the study encouraged you, go back and read these scriptures. Study these scriptures. Just don't let it be a second thought. No, this is who you are now. You're in Christ. I am in Christ. And because I am in Christ, you begin to list it out. Because if you're not reminding yourself daily of the newness of this new life in Christ, you're going to be reminded about everything else. And you're going to be swayed every which way. Page 17. And the big question. Before this session that we're about to go into, consider the following question. How does a Christian walk by faith? Carrie? Okay, come on. I have my answer on a post-it note. I did all my questions ahead of time. Okay, I got it too. my book. Oh, sorry. Just saying. <laughs> I got it here too. Right. I need my assignment. Okay, very good. Okay, um, I wrote down, I have two answers for that. Um, the first one I wrote down... We're only down, taking one. No, I'm not your favorite one. Oh, my God. Oh, cool. Then I'm combining it into one answer. Uh, I'm putting yeah. a semi-colon. Uh, go ahead. Because you're getting both. <laughs> okay. Um, choosing to believe what God says rather than what you see, hear, or think, and obedience because it honors the covenant you made. He, he has always honored the covenant that he made. Those are my answers. Thank you. Gilda? Um, I said one decision at a time. Norma? With your eye closed. Amen. Blindfolded. You had to write that down? She wrote a lot. I was going to say, all of that is not that. Do you have another answer? Is that, that was your answer? I have more, but I don't. I wouldn't even like that. You sure? You can share what you have there. Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah. For later. Ariana, do you have any answers to that? How does a Christian walk by faith? You want my post-it notes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my answer was by knowing their position in Christ and by growing in their new nature daily, applying His truth. Living by faith. Hebrews eleven sixteen. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek him. And so before we get into this, I'm going to read the paper that I gave you all. 
So Ariana, nice and loud for me. What you gave me? Huh? What you gave me? Last week. Really? Honestly? No. It was on your chair, probably. No, I gave it to you when you were talking. You were talking to me and he handed it to you. It was by faith that you put out your hand. It was by faith. Hallelujah. What did she say? She said you have Alzheimer's. I'm saying a lot enough for the recording to hear it. Hey, Harry, you're going to be my assistant. Harry, I rebuke you. She's not receiving that. No receiving that, okay? Intellectual assent is believing something to be true. Trust is actually relying on the fact that the something is true. A chair is often used to help illustrate this. Intellectual assent is recognizing that a chair is a chair in the green. That is, it is designed to support a person who sits on it. Trust is actually sitting <coughs> on the chair. Understanding these two aspects of faith is crucial. Many people believe certain facts about Jesus Christ. Many people will intellectually agree with the facts the Bible declares about Jesus, but knowing these facts to be true is not what the Bible means by faith. The biblical definition of faith requires intellectual assent to the facts and trust in the facts. Believing that Jesus is God. It is equally acceptable to the rest of the Christian Oh, I need a fan. Yeah. I need a fan. 
need to sit with blinders. <laughs> oh, man. I laugh, but I don't even know what I was laughing because I see you guys late. Your grandma gets tickled at things, and she looks at me. And I get tickled, and Carrie looks over at me, shakes her head. That makes it even worse. Oh, gracious. So faith is where we're heading. Ah, so anyways, it's a good start. Um, Carrie, can you read that first paragraph there? Relativism is the predominant philosophy in our postmodern world. In contrast, Christianity asserts that God is the ultimate reality and that his word is absolute truth. Creation cannot determine what is true and what is real. Only the creator can do that. Truth is something we choose to believe or not. And choosing to believe that what God says is true is the only means by which we can live a righteous life. So, complete the following sentences. Faith is... Carrie? Belief. That's what I wrote. Okay. Anyone have anything different? Not that you had to write anything, but as you're sitting here, mm. complete it. Faith is... Trust. Trust. I would have more faith if I, who can answer that? Took more action. Mm. I wrote, I would have more faith if I didn't focus on what is before me. Mm. My circumstance. Mm -hmm. Our circumstances always challenges our faith. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyone else have anything different? Oh, it's good. Really good. Application. That's the key. So the difference between, this is really good, the Christian faith and the faith of other religions is? Based on the power of Christ. Mm. Anything different? I put Christianity is the only faith that presents the gospel. I live by faith when I am obedient without hesitation. Anyone else? Yeah, we should answer those um, with, when we come here. We should have read this. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. If not, that's fine. I mean, because you can answer them now. But yeah, you should take this and like the next one. Go ahead and have okay. it studied. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I live by faith when I. What do you when think, Art? Trust God. When you trust God. Mm -hmm. Read yours again, Carrie. When I am obedient without hesitation. That's good. Yeah, I put trust and hope in Christ and walk it out by the leading of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. not moved by what I see. Mm -hmm. So the essence of faith. So let's take a look at this. And Carrie, could you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Could you turn to Hebrews 13, verse 8? Yeah. Do you have your Bible, Mama? No, but Okay. Do you have your Bible, Ari? Oh, oh grab it. Mm -hmm. 
James chapter 2 and get ready with verses 17 through 18 for me. I'm ready for God when he's... <laughs> Romans 10, 17. I think you're right. <laughs> it's written down in your book. Your oh. B. <laughs> On page 19. Your okay. B. James chapter 2, verse 17 through 18. I won't come to you in a minute. But so again, this is the essence of faith. A, faith depends on its object. The only difference between Christian and non-Christian faith is the object of our faith. Carrie, read Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. B, the measure of faith depends on our knowledge of the faith object. If you have little knowledge of God and his ways, you will have little faith. Norman, Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith come by hearing and hearing the word by the word of God. Amen. C, faith is an action word. See James 2, 17 through 18. People don't always live what they profess, but they always live what they have chosen to believe. What do you, what you do is just a reflection of what you believe. James two seventeen through eighteen. Right. So you say faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Mm. It's good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you? Show me your faith if you don't have good deeds. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Mm, very good. So faith depends on its object. The measure of faith depends on our knowledge of faith, of the faith object. I don't think so. And faith is an action word. So any thoughts from those three points? Well, I think that um, really A is the one of the s strongest foundations of faith. Um, just because you, it's like kind of what the sheet was saying that we can have faith in anything. Hmm. You know, we can have faith in people are putting faith in in everything today. It reminds me of the scripture that says um, some. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Mm. You know, I mean, people put faith in the government, and we've seen where that has gotten people. You know, people put faith in their country. They want to put faith in the military to protect, to protect them. People put faith in their job. You know, mm. my finances mm. will take care of me. You know, people put faith in other people. And people are, you know, uh, you know you've seen people that put all of their hope in a person, 
-hmm. And then when that person fails them, it devastates them. So, it, you know, the, the foundation and the essence of faith is all about what's the, what's the object of that faith? What's the foundation of that faith? Because faith is, not, is something that is not uncommon to humans. Mm -hmm. humans, are, humans thrive on faith. You know, we want faith. Everyone wants to put faith in something. Even as children, you know, we start out putting faith in our parents. Mm. You know, and that's really where we become broken first in life. It's because our parents fail us. You know, and that's where we learn that, you know, people that, you know, faith can be broken. But we don't, we don't recognize until later, um, until we're exposed to Christ and we, we're of that age where we, we can understand um, the prompting of the Holy Spirit that it is only faith in Christ that will never fail us. And yes. so, yeah, it's really when, when they put it in those terms, it's the object of our faith is what makes our faith strong. Following your line, it's like we, put, we think that faith is we put, like you just say we put our faith in someone when faith is something that you cannot see or touch. Mm -hmm. So, that's why when we, when if I put my faith, oh, Carrie will be there for me all the time. I know I can count on her to her. But one day you can say, no, no, I can't today. Oh, she failed me, man. And my faith is wavering, but it's because she's no faith. You know, faith is something that you don't, you cannot see or touch. Right. So it's just, it's hard to explain, but like we believe in God. We believe in Jesus. But that is faith, you know, because reality, we haven't seen him, no. you know, touch him, but we know that he's real, mm -hmm. you know, it's faith, you know. That's good. And I love it when the Word of God says that he's the author and finisher, the finisher, of, finisher of our faith. Yes. Like, he begins this in you. Yeah. And he perfects it. He perfects it. That's why this newness of life has to be dependent upon Him, not upon us, not upon myself, not upon anyone else doing it for me. No, it's because He first loved us, that yeah. like He drew us to Himself. <clears throat> he ignites this, if you would, in it. He begins right. it within us, and He is able to finish what He begins. We have to come to that place of trusting Him. Well, and that just feeds into what point B is. Is that your 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 level of faith is really built on your knowledge, because how are you going to learn to trust and have faith in something that you know very little about, you know? And so, uh, you're you know when you talk about you know, oh you know I want to increase my faith in God, you know, I want to I want to um, be a person of faith. Yeah. Well, how how can you become a person of faith? if your knowledge of that oh, object of your faith doesn't increase, mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm not going to put my faith into something that I know nothing about. Like, okay, obviously, I'm not a military person, and I am not in favor of women going to the draft. Like, I, I don't want to be in the military at all, ever. <laughs> um, however, I mean, there are some that want to and let them go voluntarily, but please don't force me. And so, however, this is going to be a military analogy from someone who is not military-esque. If I'm going to be in the Air Force, or <clears throat> there are also Navy pilots, 
I know that much about the military. <laughs> and they're going to get in that plane on one of those boats that are a runway in the ocean. Blows my mind. Scares the stupid out of me when I see those things take off. I don't, I'm like, oh, we're going to die. Like, there's just not an, I just never think that there's going to be enough space for them to take off, but they always make it. Um, that person that's going to be flying that thing has to know that they know that they know everything about that machine that they're getting in. Because they have faith that that machine is going to do what it says it's going to do. They put all of their faith in that machine and they know the ins and the outs of that aircraft because it's going to take them exactly where they need to go. So I can guarantee you that pilot knows exactly what he needs to know to have the faith to know that that thing is going to take off in the middle of the ocean and, and he's going to be okay or she excuse me, is going to be okay. And so again, we can apply that. The more you know, the more you can trust and step out into a situation where otherwise it would make you uncomfortable. Because a normal person is going to be uncomfortable taking off in the middle of the ocean in an aircraft because that's not logical. But if you know that you know that you're in a machine that can do it, then you have the faith to know that it's going to happen. If, you're, if you know the object of your faith, you can step out into the uncomfortable and know that the object of your faith is going to be there to support you. So, that's just my analogy. So when we think of living by faith, when we think of receiving the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, he, he came to reconcile us back to God. Jesus himself says, I'm the only way to God. Mm -hmm. you, can't get to him, you can't get to God through any other means but through me. And in receiving this, again, I'm going to keep reminding us, we're born again, we're of a new nature, we're to be growing, we're to be maturing in this newness. And as we're growing, as we're maturing, as we're, we're focusing and fixing our eyes on Jesus, The more we get to know him, the, the knowledge that we receive from being in his word. That's why it's vital that we're in the word. As believers, we're not going to grow, we're not going to mature if we don't know him. Yes. If we don't get to know him. Abiding with him. Jesus says that you must abide in me, remain in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing, mm -hmm. Jesus says. And so as believers, we need to realize that there's so much screaming for our attention. Everything is set up on this earth to trip us up, to lure us away from truth. And so when we think of faith, when we think about focusing on Him, when we think about growing in our knowledge of Him, and in that knowledge of Him, we begin to see who we are in Him, this newness of life, and in that our confidence is established in Christ. We can walk with boldness. We can walk secure. We can walk in a way that is honoring Him, that is pleasing unto Him. You know? And that's what's beautiful. And I love what it says here in the last little line there and see 
what you do is just a reflection of what you believe. And I think you've been around me long enough, you've heard me say, how you see God is how you'll live for Him. If He's not God, you're not going to live for Him. You're going to keep living for yourself. If you see Him just as a, a, a little God, or really not God at all, you're just going to just re- go back to your old ways, do your own thing, and, and just kind of use Him when you want Him. But no, when you truly get a picture of who he is, when you truly see him for who he is, when you truly see him as holy, 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 when you see God and you understand the fullness of who he is, his power, his majesty, oh, you'll live under that understanding. And you will look odd to others who don't see him that way. You will look like a foreigner in this, or on this earth because others are not living with that knowledge of who he is. They're doing their own thing. So when someone truly comes along who has confidence, you know, who is confident in God, mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus, their Lord, and they're not swayed any longer by the things of this earth. They're not moved to, to carry on with everyone else. No, they stand apart because they don't go that way anymore. They're on that narrow road. It says, my eyes are focused on whom I'm trusting. And you just begin to walk differently. You begin to live differently, talk differently. Your actions, your desires, everything about you begins to be transformed. And remember what the Word of God says. How does He transform us? By changing the way we think. By renewing our minds. See, when we put our faith in Him, when He becomes the object of our faith, when when there's action, when there's application, as you said earlier, Ariana, when we're applying the Word of God, and we're allowing, it, allowing Him to be the potter. We're allowing Him to mold us and to shape us. Our lives will look different. And we will live differently. But in this, in this world, there are other faiths. They have distorted God's truth. And you have, hopefully you've heard me say this before. You've been around me long enough. To know that if you look at the other religions on, and within this earth, these other faiths that are out there, they actually all have some part of Scripture, if you would. They've just perverted it. They don't have the fullness of it because they don't have Christ. But every religion that's out there you can look at, and there's something that ties back in to God's truth. It's just perverted. A void of Christ. So in reality, they really have no faith. So let's look at this. Distortions of faith. Carrie, you want to read A? New Age and Eastern Religion Philosophies. Faith without action is one distortion, but New Age and Eastern philosophies offer another distortion of what it means to believe. These gurus teach, if you believe hard enough, what you believe will come true. Christianity says, it's true, therefore we believe it. Believing something doesn't make it true, and not believing something doesn't make it false. Alright, B. Ari, can you read that nice and loud? And then the quote by Anonymous. The power of positive thinking versus the...
start over. Versus the power of positive thinking versus the power of truth believing. Motivational speakers understand the problem with unbelief. Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are right. Such optimists stress the power of positive thinking. The following poem further illustrates this point. If you think you are the end, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think you will lose, you've lost. For out of the world we find that success brings with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or the fastest man, but sooner or later the man that wins is the one who thinks he can. Alright, so let's look on page 20. 20 cans of success. Norma, can you read the first five? <clears throat> Why should I say I can when the Bible says I can do all things to Christ who give me a strength? Why should I worry what why should I worry about my needs when I know that God will take care of all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Why should I fear when the Bible says God has not given me the spirit of fear but the, but the power of love and sound mind? Why should I lack faith to live for Christ when God has given me a measurement of faith? Why should I be weak when the Bible says that the Lord is my strength of my life and that I will display and strength and take action because I know God? Carrie, 6 through 10, please. Why should I allow Satan, to con Satan control over my life when he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world? Why should I accept defeat when the Bible says that God always leads me in victory? Why should I lack wisdom when I know that Christ became wisdom to me from God and that God gives wisdom to me generously when I ask him for it? Why should I Yes, why should I be depressed when I can recall to mind God's loving kindness, compassion, faithfulness and have hope? Why should I worry and be upset when I can cast all my anxieties on Christ, who cares for me? Where are you? 11 through 15. Why should I ever be in bondage knowing that there is freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is? Mm -hmm. Why should I feel condemned when the Bible says there, are, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Why should I feel alone when Jesus said he is with me always and he will never leave me nor forsake me? Why should I feel like I'm cursed or have bad luck when mm. the Bible says that Christ rescued me from the curse of the law that I might receive his spirit by faith? Why should I be unhappy when I, like Paul, can learn to be content where, wherever those circumstances? And then why should I feel worthless when Christ became sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God? Mm -hmm. Why should I feel helpless in the presence of others when I know that God is for me? Who can be against me? Why should I be confused when God is the author of peace and he gives me knowledge through his spirit who lives in me? And Why should I feel like a failure when I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me? And why should I let the pressures of life bother me when I can take courage knowing that Jesus has overcome the world? and its problems. These statements, by faith, you can live out. By trusting, 
by setting your eyes on Jesus, knowing again that he's begun this in you, he will grow you, he will mature you as you seek him. I love that scripture. It says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with your whole heart, not a divided heart, Mm -hmm. but a heart that is genuinely seeking him. So any thoughts... Back to the distortions of faith, what other faiths may believe. Y'all have any questions or comments or confusion that maybe you've been involved with? Well, I think that um, at least for B um, and A too, but I see a lot more of it in B, um, that this is this is taken and brought into what we would consider evangelical church services mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And um, this power of positive thinking, these motivational type of messages are now being preached from the pulpit. Mm. And it's that's kind of that same thing that I was talking about when I was in Georgia. Um, but it's those messages that really have nothing to do with Christ. And they're all self. Because if you read this little anonymous poem here, and then the 20 cans of success, Mm -hmm. they talk about the same, some of the same things, but the basis for the 20 cans of success is they're based on the power of Christ. Because the things in this poem, it's all based on self. Mm -hmm. And that's what these, like, you know, somebody um, that we used to work with, or, um, yeah, because she doesn't work there anymore, um, but, um, well, neither do I, but she doesn't either, um, at Crew, uh, she put up her, a status, was it yesterday? I don't know. Anyway, it's funny. It made me laugh. Um, but it said, like, I, I'd like to meet one person who whose life has really ever been changed by a motivational speaker, you know, or something like, basically, some something, somebody who, you know, preaches something like this, you know, and, um, but you hear that a lot. It's like, you know, if you, if you think it, it can come to pass, you know, as if we are gods with a little G, like we are our own God, if you will, like we're our own center, you know, if you think it, therefore you can, you know, and really... God created us to be able to do incredible things. And we see that back from the beginning, even back in um, Genesis, when you see the Tower of Babel and what man was able to do when man put their minds to it. Mm -hmm. But what we recognize is that um, none of it has any fruit Mm. unless... Christ is the is the base, mm-hmm. and so um, and you know this whole new age philosophy and a lot of like what they were saying here, like it um, it kind of also reminded me of like um, not like when it says not believing something doesn't make it um, false, you know, but it, that kind of almost debunks like. Um, you know, atheism or something like just because you choose to believe that God doesn't exist doesn't mean that he doesn't. It just 
just means that you choose to believe that he doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, you know, I don't know a lot about, you know, I never messed with New Age or, you know, but you have to be very careful when it becomes more about getting in touch with yourself or the energy and the force that is around us in life when we recognize that the force in life is Christ. You know, and so a, there's there's this fine line that, that even Christians can walk. And you have to be very careful when you when you hear people talk. And I'm like, you know, because then you can turn from, from this power of positive thinking can also very easily turn the page into the prosperity gospel very quickly. You know, you can go from one to the other without even having to try very hard. So. Yeah, and you've heard me say before, if you ever hear the gospel presented... <laughs> And it's giving you the rights to sell. Run from it. Flee from it. Because that's not the gospel. And when it comes to these new age beliefs, when it comes to these other, again, faiths, if you will, that are out there, they're empty faith because this, the, the, the essence of true faith in Christ is not there. And so they believe in this faith or this object or this deity or whatever or even themselves. And here's the thing about this though. What they believe can actually bring them to a place of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? What they believe, like that, that, that quote that your friend said, there would be thousands, if not millions, of people who would say, no, I, my life's been changed by a motivational speaker. You apply, and you, and you do, and you, and you go, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying about the Tower of Babel. When man puts his mind to it, man can't accomplish things. Because God had to stop them by changing their language. But rather they fulfill, like, you know, I think of Tina Turner. She, she grew up as a Christian. She was brought up in the church. She's the first one that came to my mind. I mean, I can think of, That's but hilarious. She was brought up in the church. Real solid teaching of Jesus. But she got into entertainment. She began to be beaten by Ike. Went through a horrible life. Even though she was a, you know, a, a huge mega singer. And through this, she, her faith changed from the true faith to Buddhism mm. because the teachings of Buddha, her learning to basically embrace, in her mind, set her free. And so she's lived this life in this faith that she believes that has brought freedom to her. She still believes? Yeah. As far as I know. Interesting. And I remember, if you've never seen the movie, it's a powerful movie because they show this. They show her life as, a, you know, growing up in the church and then the moment that she became a Buddhist. And the sad thing is, is that she may have this quote-unquote temporary peace here, yeah. but for eternity... For eternity, she'll be separated from God. Mm -hmm. Because she chose 
And then you have other people who've never been Christians, but yet they get tied up into these, these beliefs that are out there. It gives them this moment, this second, this present time, some sense of a fulfillment, some sense of security, some sense of connecting. And yet, when they take their last breath, they're separated from God for eternity. And that's why it's vital for believers to live lives that are maturing Mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. People need to see believers living this life in Christ. Living their faith expressively, out loud. So others can see, so others can see the testimony. I love it when the Word of God calls us His prized possessions. Mm -hmm. That He can point to us. And so that's why we are to be the fragrance of Christ, if you would, out there as we're living expressively in front of others being His ambassadors, pointing people to Jesus, not to ourselves. I remember when I came to, well, in the process of coming to a place of complete surrender, but before I came to that place of complete surrender, you know, I got, I, 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 I prayed a prayer to receive Christ. I wanted to please God. I wanted to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I started getting frustrated with the true Jesus. <laughs> you know, I started getting, like, confused. So I was introduced to this one woman who talked about Jesus. But she also talked about everything else. Mm-hmm. Jesus was just one piece, if you would, of enlightenment. But there's all this enlightenment she taught. And I began to get caught up in that. I began to read her books. I began to study her prayers. I began to do all this stuff. And then I remember hearing it. And Lord knows how, but Christ, the Lord, somehow I got this tape of another Christian teacher. Mm -hmm. And in that, within this period, this minister began to teach about the false Jesus that are taught out there. And I remember feeling so convicted, like I turned from you, to, and I began to embrace this false image of you. That's not true at all. But I remember being so like, oh, broken, and, 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 and tearing up her stuff. And, and I even bought her books for some people. I had to go back and take the books from them. Um, because just the lie and the deception that she was teaching about Jesus. And that's why we have to be very careful. Just because people slap Jesus' name on it, mm-hmm. it should be you should it should line up with scripture. And if it's not lining up with scripture, have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Have nothing to do with it. It's a deception. Remember the enemy comes in as an angel of light. He wants to work his deception. He wants to he wants to deceive many. He wants to cause confusion. He wants to present this false security. There's a lot of people who believe they're secure in Christ. In reality, they're not. They're not following Jesus. They don't know Jesus. And you're right. This thought pattern has entered into the church. 
where we focus so much on ourselves. We so focus so much on our giftings. We focus so much on our ministry. We, fo- we make it all about us. And Christ is nowhere to be found. We use his name. And so that's why we must be very careful. That when it comes to walking by faith, I tell people all the time, don't be impressed because people can do signs and wonders. I'm not impressed you can lay hands on the sick and they're healed if, you're, if you're, your character doesn't line up with Christ. It says in the last day that the enemy will come mm-hmm. and deceive many through miracles, through signs and wonders. We're not impressed because people, you know, shuck and jive and, you know, look like they're carrying a great anointing, a prof- prophetic voice, mm-hmm. and yet their life has no resemblance of Christ. So again, must be very careful. That's why the Word of God says, test the spirits. Discern. Know Christ above all. And in knowing Him, we can grow in faith. And we too can apply truth. We have relationship with the King, so we have the kingdom. These principles, these, 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 these understandings, these truths. You know, he's given us the keys to the kingdom. We have full access. We are his ambassadors. And so when you look at these 20 cans of success, I want to encourage you, like we have been, pick three over the next week. Pray through them, study them. I would encourage you to go through all of them. You should, be, you should already be getting to be disciplining yourself, if you haven't already, to have devotion time. Sit down, open up this book, open up your Bible, look at Scripture, write it out in prayers. You've got to start applying this, because if all of it is is going in and out, then it, it, it's worth nothing. And it's not God's fault. Because God is, is equipping us. His desire is to equip us, but he's not going to force us. It's our choice. It's our choice to be able to sit down and say, this is who you are. And because of who you are, because you've called me to yourself, this is how I can live. And remember when the Word of God says, take every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Every thought that is contrary to God's truth. Well, if you're not in God's word, you're not in relationship with God, you're going to find it very hard to discern what's God's truth. You'll find it very hard to understand the standard in which God has set for us to live. Not man, but God. That's why it's vital that you have a desire to grow. I want to know you more, God. I want to know you more. I don't want anything in the way. I don't want anybody in the way. God, I just want to know you more. Give me this desire to seek you more, to know you more, to love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my body, with all of my strength. So that when thoughts come throughout the day, if you not if you don't have the word, if if you don't understand your new identity, those thoughts will consume you, and that is how you'll begin to act. That it'll begin to lead you in a way you ought not to go. It's amazing when you really think about it. That's why I love the book, The Battlefield of the Mind. This is where all the battle is, right up in here. 
And then, you know, I'm listening to this series about attacking anxiety and um, depression and all of that. And when you really figure all of it out, that it's you, you created these thoughts that you're believing mm-hmm. that's leading you to where you're going. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that. If you ever been, if you, if you, if you, if you look at your life, it's not that anyone else did. It's how you thought about the circumstance that led you to your captivity, mm-hmm. and you're keeping yourself there. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, "I've come to set you free. Mm-hmm. You're free indeed." Mm-hmm. And so the Bible is very clear: as a man thinks, as you think, so you will go. So if Christ is not whom you are thinking upon, if, if, if you're not thinking upon maturing and growing in Christ and to the fullness of the knowledge of who he is and who you are in him, you're going to be thinking on something, whatever you're thinking about, you're going to start identifying with and that's what you'll become. So if you always see yourself as a slave, you'll remain a slave. If you always see yourself in sin, you'll remain in sin. If you always see yourself as poor, pathetic, nothing good, nothing is, my life sucks, then that's how you'll be. Mm-hmm. But God is calling us to a greater awareness of His presence and of His purpose and of His power, especially in this generation. When things are so twisted and distorted out there, truth has to come forth. Truth has to rise up. We need to be people of truth, people of faith, that says, no, we know the word of God. No, you can't lie to us any longer. You can begin to, your prayer life will increase. Your discernment of spiritual matters will begin to increase. You'll begin to take hold of those thoughts and say, no, that is a lie. And do as the Bible say, I take it captive and I'm bringing it into the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, whom I serve. And this is what he says. Boom. Why should I say I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? And you can go through all of these. There's more. This is just 20. You have a whole Bible full of promises of God's truth. And these will encourage us in our faith. And when the Word of God says to not give the enemy a foothold, because if you give him a foothold, when you begin to believe something that's not true about God and not true about your identity in Christ, you're giving him a foothold. And from there, he develops a stronghold. And remember, those strongholds is the pattern of thinking that you begin to think in agreement with that's opposite against God's truth. And they're so easy to come by. That's why the Bible warns us, be alert, remain steadfast, be prayerful. Don't forsake fellowship. It encourages us to whom we are to become. And the Bible says that he's given us the weapons of our warfare to demolish these strongholds. You have what you need to demolish the thought pattern in your life that is contrary to God's truth. That has held you in prison long enough. That has kept you retarded. 
it stunted your growth. You're lacking maturity because of these strongholds. And you have to target each one with truth. That's why we must build ourselves up. Encourage ourselves. Build up our faith. That's why the church is vital. That's why the church needs to be healthy. Because we're called to encourage, edify, and build up. But if we are having a problem encouraging ourselves, edifying ourselves, and building ourselves up in Christ, we're not going to build anyone up or edify or encourage anyone else. Because we really, really are having problems believing what we say and whom we say we believe in. Because we're still enslaved. And we're not called to remain enslaved. We are free. Remember the promise Jesus says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. We're God's people, you all. We ought to be excited about that. We ought to want a desire to grow in this. We don't desire to, that these be our truths. Why, sh- why should our worrying be upset when I can cast all my anxieties on Christ who cares for me? And I think you read the scripture earlier where it says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And it's good to hear a preacher or other people say the word, but let me tell you where, where it really counts is when you say it. Mm-hmm. When it comes out of your mouth and you hear yourself. <laughs> Faith in Christ is the only faith that reconciles back to God. And for eternity we will spend with God. And remember Jesus will say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter in. But if we put our hopes in any of these other faiths that are out there, even those that slap his name on them, that really aren't him at all, And we stand before him. He's going to say, depart from me. You worker of iniquity. I don't know you. I don't know you. And God, let that not be the words that we hear. Because we chose to believe in something or someone else. You know, when I think about going to see that movie tomorrow, I've been looking forward to it. Because you're saying it, it's this, it's, it's, it's an incredible movie because it's, it's from the view of a man who had no faith in Christ. But it comes to faith. And it's supposed to be just as intense as the passion of Christ. Really? It's supposed to lay out such truth and such, a, such an understanding that they're saying it's remarkable. So I'm praying that, they, I mean, I'm praying that people will see this and people will be moved to, to see this. I think it's probably the first maybe major film that's Christian that's from the, the view of an unbeliever and how he fought against coming to faith in Christ. And now he believes. Oh, yeah, he believes. Well, it's a story. I mean, oh, it's, okay. it's not, yeah, it's just the movie, the story of itself. Oh, okay. But he comes to believe. And so many people in this world fight Jesus, fight truth, to hold on to what they believe. Mm -hmm. And they're so angry about Jesus. And a lot of times the reason why is because they're not willing to let go of themselves. Mm -hmm. They hold on. They want to hold on to something. But what is there to hold on to about the old nature? Mm -hmm. 
We want to think that we're moral. We want to think that there's something good. In reality, the thing that it is, is the very flesh that we put our hope in is the very thing that is killing us. And it drags us to this thing. Our own mind is working against us. It's the most craziest thing. Our own mind, our own thoughts are working against truth. That's why we need to be awakened. So I just want to encourage you all. Go through these 20. Pick three out. Really begin to meditate. Begin to say to yourself, soul, you're going to line up. Cast off the, the anxiousness, the, the depression, the, the, the insecurities, the whatever, the stress of life. Each day and purpose yourself. You are going to mature in Christ. Father, I'm going to seek you today. Help me to see you throughout this day. Help me to live differently. Teach me to serve. Help me to love. Give me the strength to obey. And there's a way to talk. We've we got to stop playing the games of, of just abiding where, and remaining where we're at. And settling, because that's not what Jesus has for us. It's not what he has for us at all. These are, these are truths. Because God has spoken them. Man didn't create this. God created it. His truth. So look here. Number one on page 21. Think of someone you know who is not yet a Christian. What does the Bible say about why he or she does not believe? So let's go to these scriptures. Um, Carrie, go to Romans 10. Ariana, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But how can they call him? Call on him to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And then how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Um, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, Ariana. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, Hmm. who is the exact reference of God. Wow. Think about that. Mm -hmm. So we heard these two scriptures. So why does the, what does the Bible say about why he or she does not believe? Because no one has told them or that Satan has blinded them to the gospel. No one has told them. And then Satan has blinded them. Read that scripture again. Satan, who is the God of this world, mm. has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the 
Wow. Satan. And look how he's described. The God. The little g, if you would, of this mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. He's blinding their eyes. They don't see the fullness of the message. Their eyes are blinded. But, when one goes and begins to proclaim the truth, eyes are begin to open. Ears begin to hear. Hearts begin to receive. Lives begin to be transformed. But if no one's going, how will they hear? If you all are out there telling the truth, and living out the truth, how are in, how is anyone else ever going to know the truth? Mm-hmm. Their eyes are blinded, but we are to be those who are going out and proclaiming the good news. The blind eyes will be open, mm-hmm. the deaf ears will hear, that people will turn and come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is the hope that we have. This is the call that each of us have. Not just pastors, not just evangelists, just not, not just missionaries, but Christians. We're all, we are a royal priesthood. You read that earlier. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Each of us have been gifted on how we pro- proceed in that ministry, but we're all called to go to preach the good news to share the good news. We ought to see what we're purposed to do daily because the eyes of others are being blinded. That's why when the Word of God talks about that, the enemy will, will pour out his wrath even more because he knows his time is near. Isn't that crazy? Like Satan and the demons already know they're, they're doomed. I mean, look, when Jesus approached the demons, if you would, in the scripture, they always said, they knew who he was. Huh? They knew. Yeah. They knew who he was, they named him, and he silenced them. And so we have to realize, like Ephesians, and Ephesians it says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with rulers and principalities in the air of the darkness, the spiritual realm that you cannot see. Satan is blinding. Think about that. Before you came to Christ, your eyes were blinded. You were influenced by Satan. He was your master. He was your father. But you've been born again. Remember, we've said this from the beginning of the study. You're not the product of the fall any longer. Mm-hmm. You're the product of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You have to believe that. If not, you will always, always return back to the fall nature. You'll go back to the vomit. You'll think less of yourself. Mm-hmm. Life will have no hope. You will just exist. You will conform to the pattern of this world. You will not be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's vital. So they will not know because no one has gone and Satan has blinded their eyes. 
So then, how can you share your faith with this person? I put down that, um, well, I have two answers. The first one is that um, you can live it out before them. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is that take every opportunity that Christ gives you um, for spiritual conversations or the every door that he opens. I think that we all know that when um, Christ lays someone on our heart, um, that he opens doors. And there are times when we just let those opportunities pass and we know that we've done that. And so um, we can take those opportunities when he lays them before us. Listen, the more you share your faith... (coughs) you realize it's not you. It's not a message about you. It's a message about him. Your confidence in sharing your faith is not the knowledge, if you would, of, of what you know. It's the knowledge of, of, of your object of your faith. A lot of us times we're hindered because well, what if they ask me this? I won't know this answer. I won't know that answer. Well, no, 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 no. It's Jesus, the object of your faith. And that's why I love how this study began, because for a Christian to mature, you've got to know the very essence of truth, the gospel. When you share your faith, you're not sharing the discipled life, the Christian life. You're sharing the gospel. When you're sharing your faith, you're not discipling someone, you're not... You're not teaching them how to live now. No, because they won't know because their eyes are blinded. So that's why when we've gone and we told people, well, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. They don't know Jesus. So it irritates them because their eyes are blinded. But when you begin to share the gospel, when you begin to share your faith, remember in the beginning, Ariana, the first session? Where you begin to say, we're a product of the fall. Mm -hmm. All of us were born into sin. Do you remember the consequences of sin? But one came. Mm -hmm. His name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The wages of sin are death, but God, his great love and his mercy, gives us this freedom in Christ. This is the hope, the one in whom I believe. Would you like to have this hope? Would you like to know more? See, so many times we try to dance around their circumstances. We try to, you know, make life better for them and then present the king to them. We, we, try, to meet, we, we try to sit and, and try to pat them on their back or coddle them instead of actually just being genuine with them. Or we try to give them the benefits of the kingdom well, if you would just believe, if you would just pray, God will make this better for you. Mm-hmm. God has so much more for you, so do this, 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 and that. And then we try to give them all of this information. In reality, what they need is the King. They need Jesus. Then, when one accepts Jesus, then we disciple them. 
Then you open up the Word of God and you begin to teach. And you begin to allow your life to be an expression of, the, of what, your, what happens when you mature as a believer. And so people just start growing. They can't help but grow. Because we're, they're in the Word, they're being discipled. They're learning the, 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 the works of the flesh. And they're going, no, 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 no. I'm not going that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm following you, Christ. Yes, Lord. No, 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 I'm not going this way anymore. And they don't have to get warped up in condemnation and shame and guilt. No, they know if they sin, they just get up and they move on. We're not trying to live a life that pleases man. No, we're, we're living a life that's pleasing to God because we're walking by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. And so this is the hope, again, that we have. And so you share your faith. Share your faith in the one who sets you free. If your message is not of freedom, then what message then do you have? You've been set free. And I think I encourage this in the beginning of this study, is that freedom, and again, that's the whole thing, freedom in Christ. You have been set free from sin and death. And that's why we got to get beyond caring so much about the people's temporal existence and giving them the reality of eternity. Jesus came to set you free, not just here in the physicalness of this temporal life, but for eternity. For eternity. And we ought to be growing up daily and maturing daily with the understanding of eternity. Because when we put our hands to things, when we go to touch, say things, when we go to view things, when we go to do things, it's an expression of our hope in Christ. And if so if we're doing things that are, are, are dismissing our hope in Christ, I'm not sure why we continue. Because why would we continue to choose the temporalness of life over eternity with Christ? Why would we settle for the temporalness of this world that we know already is fading away. Why would we find pleasure in it? So we share our faith. This is a good one. How can you pray against Satan's Satan's blinding? I put that you can pray against the... Like if I'm speaking of a specific person, mm-hmm. um, that I can pray against things that I know are specific strongholds in mm-hmm. that person's life, because mm-hmm. I know that that's where Satan is targeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Speak God's promises over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speak God's promises over them. but by praying for the mind of the unbeliever to be open to hear and to see Christ, for their eyes to be able to see the light of the good news, and for understanding of the message of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. I took that scripture that Ariana read from 2 Corinthians 4.4 and turned it into into a prayer for the unbeliever. So you take scripture... And just begin to pray it. We've got a lot of unbelieving people that we know. Mm-hmm. And we should be daily praying for them. 
Have you ever experienced a time when you had to take God at His word, and then what happened? What's that? Everything changed. Mm-hmm. You believe yeah. exactly what He said. The whole view mm-hmm. of whatever you can probably go through change. You see, instead of seeing that difficulty, it just it happened to me for the last couple of weeks with everything that's going on at work. And uh, I realized in my time of prayer, I said, okay, God, what's going on? I, I don't, and I was able to understand that, hey, it's a spiritual realm out there. And he will do whatever he can to distract you. So what I've been doing is just targeting those strongholds mm-hmm. that are in my job. Yep. And I, I realized, and not to mm-hmm. the other day, that around me, around my building, is Jesus. a Buddha temple. Behind the building mm-hmm. is another area of uh, Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an abortion clinic. Wow. So we have a lot of things against yep. me and the, the spiritual realm. Yeah. You Plus know what I'm saying? It's a strong homosexual area. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a gay club right there right in the there. corner. Yep. So it's a lot of stuff going on in that. So what I've been doing is just targeting those areas. And, and I, now I'm like, okay, now I see what's going on mm-hmm. in the spiritual realm. So I know that. I had to target yeah. in a specific, so in, in, in praying for co-workers, yes. you know, and praying for my boss, praying yes. for my, my new supervisor, um, that I will have the opportunity to share with her, and then, you know, things like that, so it's just because when I was reading, as I've been reading and studying, and one thing that I've been doing lately, I mean, trying to memorize the scripture, mm-hmm. uh, but I, like, Memorize it, like not just in my own word, but trying to memorize what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, as I've been doing that, when I was doing the study in James, when he said that when you go to trial, mm-hmm. is to produce something which is patient. Yes. And I realized for the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. that because everything there is so much pressure and going on at work, so I was losing my patience even. Mm-hmm. Or in the phone, or if someone ring the bell, I'm already, oh, come on, man, I'm easy, I need to finish this. So right there, I realized, wait a minute, trial, patient. Okay, I'm doing, going through this, but I need to still have my patient. I yes. need to maintain my patient because Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. And I, no matter what is going on around me, I, I, I'm his ambassador. I need to represent him no matter what, and whatever she could say, I said, good, citizen of heaven. So that's what I've been doing. And I can see the change, even in me, mm-hmm. and I, even around my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now I see it completely different. And this week it was like a, like a, a week where I was able to understand better in the spiritual mm-hmm. realm, and like I, I, I can see things around what's going on, and it helped me to know how to fight back the enemy. So I take the it's word of God, and I take it for what it is, and I can see now, okay. Now I can see what's going on around me. Yeah. And I say, able to see things differently. Yeah. And you, when you think about that, you know, uh, we mature. Yeah. I mean, when, I love what I asked you there. You know, have you ever experienced, and, and you take hold of that God and what happened, God's Word? We mature, we grow. 
trials come to produce something within us. You know, perseverance, character, hope. You know, and endurance and perseverance, it says, it, has, it must finish its work so we mature. Yeah. So we become complete, not lacking anything. And if we not ask. Yeah, ask. <laughs> you know, and it's so true because when I've thought over these past months, and I keep thinking, God, when you think of suffering, when you think of circumstances that are beyond your control, when you think of trials, when you think of things in life, just like storms of life, just pressing up against you, mm-hmm. our natural reaction is to give up. Yeah. It's to allow the waves to overtake us. But when I think about what he is trying to produce within us, and then I take that and then I look at the generation in which we're in. Like each of us are purposed for this generation. As long as you have breath in this, your body, whatever generation in which you are living, you are purposed for. And when I think of the generation to come right before his return, it's going to be a generation that the love of many is going to grow cold. They're going to become more selfish and abusive. They're going to be a lovers of money. Mm-hmm. disobedient it's going to be all hell and yet the church is going to be on this earth mm-hmm. and we're to reflect Christ to a people who don't know even know how to love mm-hmm. to a people that are so selfish to, to the increase of violence and craziness and perversion and just ungodly behavior we're still called to go to be the light of the world we're still called to go to live out our testimony among them declaring the good news of Jesus Christ knowing that we may be persecuted and hated but yet we're still called to go so we can hold on to his truth I love that that we can take God at his word because when you hold on to his truth, when you cling to him, when you abide in him, when you when you persevere, not in your own strength, mm-hmm. but in your full, de- the full dependence upon the, in, with, upon the Holy Spirit the word of God says that if you walk habitually in the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh mm-hmm. so daily this must be a life that we're growing uh, in our knowledge of Christ and then in and then, and the assurance and the dependence upon the Holy Spirit whom has been given to us. And really, if you ask yourself, how much are you really relying on the Holy Spirit daily? Think about that, Ari. Think about that, Carrie, Norma, Gilda, myself. You're just getting right up out of your bed and just going through your day. Are you are you are you are you acknowledging the very presence of God? Are you interacting with the Holy Spirit? Depending on his leading, he is your counselor, he is your teacher. Are you applying truths to God's word? Are you seeing the strongholds in your own mind and then the strongholds that are throughout the city? You think, like you said about your work, you think about just where our home is strategically positioned. A Jehovah Witness, a Buddhist, 
-hmm. You know, you think about the crime that's ex that's on the increase in this area. Mm -hmm. You think about the perversion that's on the increase in this area. You think of just the deadness of 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 of, of, of lives, if you would, within this area. And if we're just getting up a mile on a day and we're just going about our day and we're not being attentive to, to, to pray, to, to release God's spoken word out, you know, to be discerning on how the Holy Spirit would have us to effectively serve others around us and then to pray strategically in the spiritual realm. Like there's a way in which we're called to be living. But if all this is is a form of religion... If all it is is just, okay, it's just this, it's just that, and it's really not truly a belief, a faith in Him, then really we have nothing. But remember, the Word of God says that within us is the power of the resurrection. We have the strength that has been given to us to endure, to live out this life. So it says, do you agree that everyone lives by faith? And explain your answer. Does anyone want to answer that? I put, um, yes, um, that everyone lives by faith. They live by faith in something, whether it's faith in their self or in someone else or in Christ. Amen. I would agree. I put yes to everyone believes in something, but freedom only comes from faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to also share um, mm -hmm. my answer to number one, um, because... Um, I don't have to share what the experience was, but I wanted to share what I took away from it when it said what happened. Mm -hmm. um, that what what I recognized or what I what I took away from that experience is that um, he works out all things mm -hmm. for our good. And I love the fact that as you, if you finish that scripture for those who love him. And are called according to his purpose. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who's quoting that first part of that yeah. scripture. Yeah. God's going to work it all out for the good, for my good. Yeah. For those. <laughs> yeah. And they're just blatant sinners. Yeah. And we see God, you know, reveal himself to people and, oh, God bless me, God bless me. But yet they're, they're, they're quick to proclaim that, but the next hour they're right back into their sin. They're right back into this, this, the, to whatever and truly wait a minute no that that's an insult like you're lacking the fear of God in your life you want to claim his promises and yet not honor him with your life and and they're and we're comfortable with that quick to post scriptures on Facebook yeah. you know another scripture that I've been meditating and a lot of people love to quote it where it's half of the scripture, the other half, and even I never heard someone quote the half of the other scripture. Half of the scripture is in is Roman eight. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but you have to finish mm -hmm. that. Where it's saying, "Who do not walk according to their flesh, flesh. but according to the Spirit." Yes. Mm -hmm. So everybody, even myself, I just say, right. "There's no, no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in So I'm not condemned. Yeah, but it's for those who walk according yeah. to the Spirit, not yeah. to their flesh. And they use that to justify their sin. Yeah. As if I can remain in sin because there's no condemnation. Yeah, but in the clear. Yeah. But a tie on to the... Yeah. 
the antibiotics because yeah. it's powerful. Well, it's like the other one. It's very popular. People say that you know that they that oh I'm you know I'm resisting the devil and he has to flee. Yeah. No, you know. You have to well, um, yourself. if you're not first submitting yourself to God, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Full yeah. submission. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, how much faith? Do you think it takes to believe that the whole universe came out by chance? Very little. <laughs> Do you agree that who or what you put your faith in determines whether your faith is effective? Or does it have more to do with how much faith you have? I put um, who or what you put your faith in because people and things are fallible. Mm. Say that again, Karen. I'm sorry. I put um, who or what you put your faith in basically determines if your faith is effective because if you put your faith in people or things, people and things God. are fallible. They, they, yeah. They're faulty. Do you think that when you can choose, I'm sorry, do you think that we can choose to have faith? Why or why not? That's what it means that you need it. I, I put yes because I can choose my thought process. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you think of a time when you asked God to do something <laughs> and were disappointed because He didn't answer your prayer the way you wanted? For example, have you ever prayed faithfully for someone to be healed but then the person dies or died? What do you conclude from such? A difficult or such difficult experiences. He's still God. He's still God. Yeah. yeah. Faith also means that trusting that His ways are better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you can only have faith in you if you know your ways match my ways. No, yeah. I have to submit to your ways. Yeah. yeah. Either He's God or not. You can't be God when everything is hunky dory and yeah. all of our prayers are answer to let you know boom 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 and all of a sudden he doesn't quote unquote answer our prayers now all of a sudden we have an issue with him yeah now all of a sudden we think we're in control yeah you know or somehow well didn't we fast enough didn't we do this enough didn't we do that enough didn't we and then we make it all about works as if somehow we need to manipulate God to do our bidding but, yeah, when in reality yeah. it's no God I'm trusting in you like God, if we go back to the fullness that God, what you were just sharing, you know, your ways are not my ways. Yes. I can trust in the fact that all things are in control because he's sovereign. He's in control. I think of Job. He lost his family. Everything. He lost everything. 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 And I go, wow. And yet he did not curse God. I go, I go, wow. And the fact, and the thing is too, remember the discussion between God and Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Have at him. Just don't touch him. You only go so far. You know? It's like, Wow. And it's like even when Paul addresses the church when they start, you know, basically questioning God. 
And Paul tells him, who are you? You're a mere man. Who are you to question God? If he wants to make a vessel for honor, great. If he wants to make a vessel for destruction, so be it. He's God. He's in control. He's sovereign. Even when God talks back to Job, who was you? I mean, yeah. when, where, where were you, you at? You put, making everything, <laughs> the earth, the, the, the right. heaven. Put the moon in the Yeah, I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we have, to, we have to come to an understanding. Y'all. Not everything's going to go our way. Well, we're going to be disappointed. We're, there's going to be times where we're like, but, but, but we have to get to a place we've got to be careful. Don't keep saying but. Yeah. Don't try to see what, what could have you done differently and maybe that would have changed God's mind. No. We pray by faith. We believe. We will, you know, we, and we continue to, to seek Him and pray and, and say, okay, God, and we just trust. Yeah. Like, God, it's, it's in your hands, but by faith we're believing. I agree 100% with everything that you say. What, what I disappoint me when I hear people say that if, if I'm praying for something and it doesn't come through and they say to me it's because you don't have enough faith. Oh. No, that's not true. Because I always, always going to bring Naomi. Because I was praying faithfully for yeah. her healing. It was a lot of people here in this church praying for her healing. A lot of people out there too. And no matter why God took her, you know, no matter why she went to heaven, but I know she's alive, you know what I'm saying? But when someone say, no, you you know, it's because you don't have, you know, faith, I'm like, no, that's, it wasn't, it wasn't that I don't have faith, it just got a different plan, you know. Actually, that just shifts the power to you, and you don't have the power, he's God. Yeah. Yeah, It's his determination. Yeah, so... I mean, yes, we're called to, to pray in faith and to pray without ceasing, but ultimately, he, you know, it's his answer. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about the the different conversations that God had with people, also reminds me, which would just, I mean, God bless Peter, but when uh, Jesus looked at, at Peter and said, Satan has asked to just sift you like we I would be like oh god I gotta go home I'm not leaving the house you know it's gonna be a very bad day you know I you know just but you have to still have faith that he's God you know and what's so beautiful even in the seasons of our life where we're maturing in our faith even if there's seasons in our life where we're maybe even lacking in our faith Jesus is 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 gives us the hope that he's growing us in this. I think about what we just read where, you know, he put the disciples in the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go across the, the lake. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this, this strong hurricane force storm begins on this lake. Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. and he's tossing <laughs> and turning, the water's coming, and Jesus is as out. He's napping. He said, come on, guys, got to sleep. And they're looking, and again, the majority may be fishermen. <laughs> they recognize <laughs> And they begin to panic. Immediately. And they shifted their focus off of him and on to themselves. Mm-hmm. So when I think of, 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 of growing and maturing in our faith, we're constantly in this process of growing and maturing in our faith. We're never going to get to a place where we're full, we're full of faith. Yeah. We've arrived. No! 
we're always growing, we're always maturing. As soon as they, they forgot the master, they forgot that Jesus himself was with them. And they focused on the storm. And then if you remember, they went down to him and basically questioned him. What, are you just, you're, we're just going to die? Did you bring us out here yeah. just to let us die? Yeah. And they remember, he rebukes them. He rebukes them. But in that rebuke, he taught them an incredible lesson. And even after he rebuked them, and he calmed the storm by just speaking forth, they still question, who is this man? Mm-hmm. That even the waves and the wind respond to him. You know? And so when we think of faith, we can't take, and that's what gets me when I hear people say like that, oh, it's because you're, you're lacking in faith. Oh, you didn't have enough faith. But you know the next, there's something that's going to happen in their life within the next month, a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. And could you imagine turning that back around on them and saying, well, so, yo, see, you weren't, you didn't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. That's the most craziest thing. Trials come. Things happen. Mm-hmm. We live in a falling world. Yes. No matter what things well, happen. It rains on the just and, and the unjust. unjust. Exactly. And so that's why we have to really, I believe sometimes people get so hyper, super religious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that even in that state of mind, they're lacking in true faith in Christ. Because true faith is in Christ is trusting that He is sovereign over all. You know what's ahead, God. Now we will pray and we will believe and by faith we're trusting in You. And however You work things out, we're going to trust in You. We're going to believe that You are for us and not against us. You know, by faith we're going to believe and we're going to continue to encourage ourselves in it. But yet, whenever I hear someone say that, I think, wow, you just, you, you can hinder or damage someone by saying, well, see, it's your fault. It's your fault that person died. It's your fault that that person remained sick. It's your fault this. It's your fault that. It's your fault. Their spiritual walk has been crippled. Oh my goodness, it could damage people. Mm-hmm. So we must be very careful, you know, in how we come across and share with people. Because they never want to be used to bring division yeah. between God and an individual. Mm-hmm. No, we got to come along and encourage them. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus himself said that he would rather you um, tie a millstone around your neck mm-hmm. than be a stumbling block. Yeah. I think the only the only the only time that we should be listening not to man but to be attentive to the Holy Spirit when he's ministering to us mm-hmm. and saying, Oh Rob, you have a little faith. Yeah. Right. Trust me. When he's rebuking you. You're allowing this little wind to make you unsteady? No no son. Toss to and fro. Stand up. Stand up. Do you know? Yeah. Jesus looked at them and said, Oh, you of little faith. 
How are you not believing? How are you not believing? I go, wow. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And even the lessons when we talked about you know, having a faith as a little mustard seed. Mm-hmm. And from that, what can sprout from this? Mm. How it can grow to the fullness in this life. Alright, Elijah said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, I love this, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. What is keeping you from making a commitment to base your life solely on what God says is true, regardless of your feelings or the opinions of others? Anybody? Usually what keeps us from making a commitment is because we've taken our eyes off of it. We start lacking, if you would, in faith. We start putting more faith in our circumstances or in others than in Him. We shift our focus. And that's what keeps us from making a commitment to base our life solely on what God says is true. And we lack knowledge of the, of, of, the, of the Word. We're not utilizing, and like you said earlier, our application, we're not applying God's truth to our lives. We're putting our hopes and our trust in everything else. That's what keeps us from making a commitment. And this isn't just a one-shot commitment. This is every single day. This is every single day starting your day and going throughout your day, reminding yourself of the covenant that you've made with God and that He has made with you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Like, God, I'm following you. Like, fan the flame within me. Help me, Holy Spirit, to keep my gaze set upon Christ and to depend upon your leading. I don't want to take a step that's going off the narrow path. I want to trust in you above all. I don't want to make my Christian life about me and my anointing and my faith. No, I want it to be about you. I want people to see you before they see me. My position is in Christ. I want you to think about that. How many of us have spent many days, or even tonight, or even earlier today, or months, and our position has been in other things? In our lack? In our insecurities? In our dreams? In our sin? In our desires? Now see, your identity is in Christ. That's why we must grow up. That's why we must mature. We're not. We're lacking because we're we're not maturing. Because we're not understanding who we belong to in our position. You're in Christ, so we must learn to obey. We must learn to honor. But I like this. If the Lord is God, follow Him. 
But if, and then you can place whatever you want there. But if it's in your insecurities, follow that. If it's in your finances, follow that. If it's in your anointing, follow that. Mm -hmm. If it's in, you name it. What comes and tries to lord over you that you're more committed to than to God? We must be careful. Mm -hmm. We must be careful what you're giving thought to. It reminds me of almost like what causes you to mm. to trade your birthright, Ooh. like for yeah, hungry. Beans. Yeah. yeah, like how hungry are you? Yeah. yeah, how distracted are you in that moment? Yeah. Like that temporariness, if you will. And what's interesting in that in that I hate to call it the story, but in that account, right, is that was all still purposed by God. It mm-hmm. had to come about. Yeah. yeah. To get to the place of the Messiah coming through. It's amazing. When you really, that's why I love studying the Bible. That's why I love looking at the fullness from Genesis to Revelation. It's an incredible love story. No love story is ever going to compare to it, Ariana. The love that God has for you. His promise from the beginning, even before this earth. I was, that's funny, I was in the shower this morning and I looked at the little crack of, of the window and I looked and I saw the moon and I thought wow I just remember just standing there going God we're, we're so small mm-hmm. compared to the vast you know galaxies and just oh, I was remembering that one lesson we watched from Lou Giglio yeah, yeah. and you really figure like wow <laughs> and yet and yet he still loves us mm-hmm. He still knows us. He still cares for us. Mm -hmm. That he would send Jesus to make all things right. The fall, remember, he wasn't surprised. It had to happen. It was purposed. Without the fall, love could have never been displayed. No greater love. No greater love. So we need to be able to get up from this place. We need to recognize our position in Christ. We need to know that we are loved. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are secure in Christ. That we begin to apply these truths. That we begin to, to live it out. That we stop living as foreigners within the kingdom. <laughs> We're to be foreigners on this earth. Not within the kingdom. Like we have been we have been engrafted into his kingdom. We have been adopted into his family. We're co heirs with Christ. He is our Father. And this is the hope that we have. So, I've already mentioned, but let's look at the su- suggestion. Um, read the twenty cans of success list out loud every day. Pick one of the truths, I encourage you to pick three, Mm -hmm. that is particularly appropriate to you and make a decision, I love this, to believe it. Make a decision, choose to, regardless of your feelings and your circumstances, commit yourself to step out in faith based on the truth that you have learned this week. Get out of the boat this week. Get out of the boat. Pray each morning, Jesus, bid me to come. 
and then step out. Peter stepped out. But remember, he began to sink when he took his eyes off Jesus. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Let that be something you're, you're, you're encouraging yourself throughout your day. Are my eyes set upon you? Is my gaze fixed upon you? And if they are, then I'm not going to be swayed to go this way. No, I'm going to hold on to this truth. You are for me, not against me. And my eyes are fixed on you. And we can step out. Step out. He bids you to come. Step out of, of, of your circumstances, of your feelings. And step out into the fullness of life. Remember, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come, Jesus says, to give you life and life and the abundance. The fullness of life. Remember, nothing missing, nothing broken. So we've got to stop being a people who are living out of brokenness. All of us. We've got to stop going back to the brokenness. No, we need to see ourselves beyond that. We, we got to get up and we got to start seeing ourselves as people who have been redeemed, people who are made whole, people who, who have peace and joy and kindness and goodness and love and gentleness and faithfulness and long suffering. Self control. And we have these things. And I think Gilda shared before when, when she's mentioned so many times we pray for what we already have. So we need, to, we need to be mindful of what we're praying. So many times we can just find a little mantra of, oh God, I need this and this. But in, what we should be praying is, develop it within me. God, you've given it to me. Holy Spirit, develop. Teach me. Teach me. Develop it within me. God, I want to seek you. I want to know you. I want to have the fullness. He's given us the right to you all. So study those. And then the big question for next time. Before the next session, consider the following question. How is your perspective of this world different from that of others? And how is it different from the way God sees this world? And then go ahead and go in to session four, reshaping our worldview. Because remember, as you're maturing as a Christian, your view of this world is going to start being reshaped. Mm -hmm. You're going to start living differently. You're not going to long for the things of this world. Remember what the Word of God says. You're to consider that you've nailed your earthly desires, these passions, to the cross. And you're living differently now. Any final thoughts or questions or anything about faith? a lot more faith than 
Because, I mean, even the Bible says that it, you know, creation testifies that there is a God. Yeah. So for somebody to have that much faith in nothing mm-hmm. takes a lot of faith. Like, even if you look at creation, it, it would make you, make you wonder. Mm-hmm. Like, how did this all start? How is it possible that it would have started with a... Spoof. You know, with poof. Nothing. Like, it just, it just doesn't... So to me, like, even when atheists say, like, oh, I don't believe in anything, yeah, you do. Your disbelief is your belief. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to close reading the last two paragraphs of the paper I handed to you. The biblical definition of faith does not apply only to salvation. It is equally equally applicable to the rest of the Christian life. We are to believe what the Bible says, and we are to obey it. We are to believe the promises of God, and we are to live accordingly. We are to agree with the truth of God's word, and we are to allow ourselves to be transformed by it. Why is this definition of faith so important? Why must, we, why must trust a company green with, fat, with facts? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, we cannot be saved. Without faith, the Christian life cannot be what God intends it to be. Amen. All right. I'm going to play this last song. And then, um, Carrie, would you close us in prayer?